0: usually i just like to, fix Do it my to computer the computer and watch my <laughs> yeah. thing and i'm talking to somebody so well i've never done it at all okay well ladies and gentlemen it is my pleasure to welcome to secret city vision trip the man the myth the legend pastor aj brown we're doing a short um short because there's not not many of these interviews taking place but uh given that pastor appreciation was uh, just last October. And really, uh, both Pastor AJ and Pastor Jesse have been appointed as elders of Sacred City Moline for, I don't know, only what, nine months at this point. Um, we thought we would get around to just doing like this meet the pastor thing. So
1: Yeah, um, if you haven't met me
0: yeah, already. And one of the advantages of having... Or met me in passing and never... You don't know my story. That's true. Yeah. So... You get to hear from me a lot of times up in the pulpit and sharing little stories and snippets of my life, uh, but unless you're an MC with Pastor AJ or Pastor Jesse, you you don't get the same kind of exposure, same same joy of knowing story and hearing what God has done in these men's lives. And so, um, we wanted to get them on here and share a little bit and hopefully, you know, help you feel connected to them as well. So. Um, so it's not just that you have one pastor that you are connected to, uh, but you have a whole plurality of them. So, AJ, let's just start at the beginning. Let's um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about your story, uh, when you came to faith, kind of your upbringing, your spiritual life, things of that nature. Give us a—I don't know, we don't got— Yeah, just a, just a real quick fly 30,000. Not the crying
1: version, oh, the, yeah. the podcast version. Right. Um, I've been— a believer, really, almost as long as I can remember. Um, I actually, in a situation where you raise your hand and go forward and accept Christ, that happened to me. I think I was, I was in early grade schools at a crucifixion reenactment on the bla- at a church on the blacktop between preemption and Hamlet. I think that sounds good. Did they Hamlet. really kill a guy? It was brutal. Oh, I mean, man.
0: I mean, that's nuts. It was the
1: most realistic thing I'd ever seen, and you know, I was scared. I got scared into accepting Jesus, Whoa. but it worked. <laughs> and we went to a Presbyterian church when I was young. My my parents weren't really. It was just a thing we did on Sundays, and I found out later my dad did not accept. Christ as his savior, really, until my mom got cancer when I was in sixth grade. And a lot of people in my family started to take their faith more seriously than we would always have said we were Christians and my my grandpa was. And, you know, so there's generations there. But the actual digging our teeth in as a family happened, started to happen about that time. Um, And, you know, everyone rebels here and there growing up, but... God saved me from a lot of mistakes yeah. um, in that sense. Um, I really, really started taking it seriously at late high school. I moved from the Presbyterian Church in Milan to an E Free Church in Moline. And that's where I started to actually develop my understanding of what I was believing and what it meant uh, for my life. And I, my parents actually followed me to that church too. Hmm. Um, and then continued to, to grow into adulthood and get married and moved to California, lived there for five years and moved back. And Christ was always a big part of my life and what I, who I was trying to follow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you made mention of, you're married. Uh, tell us about your family.
1: Yeah. Well, Carrie was my high school dream girl. Nice. I didn't. I was a senior, and she was a sophomore or something, and I told all my friends I was going to marry her, and I never even talked to her. (laughs) And so I asked her, I called her out of her art class, just knocked on the door, asked her to come out, and I asked her to prom, and she said yes, like a crazy person. And I've been in love with her ever since. Nice. Yeah, she broke up with me. And we got back together a couple of years later. Oh, good for yeah. you! Yeah, so we got married in 2006. Moved to California a month later. I went to college out there, worked, and then we decided we were Midwest people and wanted to be around our family, and moved back. Okay. Yep. And now you guys got a handful yeah. of kids. You know, when we lived in California, when we were first married. We didn't. We, we said we weren't going to have kids. Oh. Yeah, that was a big thing. Carrie liked working. I didn't. I liked the idea of not having that responsibility and just doing what we wanted as a couple. Mm -hmm. Um, That got pressed on us at early days in Sacred City, you know, and we realized the error in that, and we have four kids now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What are their names and ages?
1: Will is nine. Elise is seven. Simon is five, and Max is not quite one. Well, yeah, not he's like six months old now.
0: Five, five or six months old. That's great. Yeah. Okay, you made mention you went to school in California. Uh, what'd you go for school? What took you out to California? And, and I guess are you still in the yeah. the same line of work that you went to school for?
1: Well, in high school, I really liked photography. My grandpa was an amateur photographer and my dad was too. And my dad's an architect. And so I always wanted to go to the school in California called Brooks Institute of Photography. It was kind of well known to be the best commercial photography school in the country, at least. So that was always my dream. It was never really a possibility because it was so expensive. But I played in a band in late high school and then after high school. So I didn't go to college right away. I think I tried tried Blackhawk for one semester and just did really poorly cause I didn't care. So I did the rock and roll thing for years. And then, um, when that all crumbled, Carrie and I got married and moved out there. We were trying to figure out a way to get, to go to Brooks, the photography school. Uh, so we just left and went there. And, uh, I, we like to say it was the Lord paving a way because it was, it's, it was a very expensive school, but we just left. And Carrie actually got a job there, which meant after a year, I could get 90% off the tuition. Yeah, baby. So, and she got that job in Orange County. The school's in Santa Barbara. So after a year, we moved to Santa Barbara and she applied for a different job so she could work in Santa Barbara. And I started school there. It was three-year school, year-round, bachelor's degree. Nice. And I studied commercial. My, my degree is actually in industrial and scientific photography. Um, microscopic stuff, high speed, low speed, um, things like that. I applied for a job at NASA after college, actually. That's neat. They probably laughed at it. but So we moved back here. I always liked architecture, knew I wanted to shoot architecture. Um, and that's what I do now. So I've been doing that for myself, just working for myself for 13 years.
0: What's the name of your company?
1: A.J. Brown
0: Imaging. Nice. Yeah. So if you need somebody to take pictures of your house, AJ is the guy. Yeah, I don't actually some- do that. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. So be an architect or be a builder, and then, yeah. then give AJ a call if you need some photos. Um, so you went out to California, and then felt like you were Midwestern folks. Uh, at what point in coming back did you guys get involved with Sacred City? And what what was kind of the draw to? Because you you guys have been around Sacred City since the the not just the yeah. beginning of Sacred City Moline but Sacred City Church.
1: Yeah. So when we moved back, that, well, that was one of our big concerns is we we didn't think we would find a church we liked. Um, but the week we got back, our friends invited us. Justin, Dean, was living in Omaha still and coming back, I think, once a month or something Okay. and trying to establish an MC. So we got invited to that. And it was just at someone's house. There was probably 30 to 15 to 25. I don't know. There was a big group. It yeah. would have been a big MC by our standards now. And we went to that and it was like nothing we'd ever seen before. It was just real and authentic and people actually sharing where, where they are in their real life day to day and their struggles. And um, and he was trying to t- train us to tease that out and also know how to fight it and, and – everything to Jesus, it was kind of like mind-blowing. Like, what the frick did
0: we just experience, you know? What was so different? I mean, your previous experience to that?
1: Well, it was always you go to church on Sunday, you know, and then do your small group or Bible study or whatever it was called. It was always a little study, and you get to know people a little bit, and it was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hadn't heard of anything like this before or seen it. Um, where people just come in and say, I'm really struggling with this and I need help. And so I liked that. I always liked real authenticity. So we're kind of hooked and they brought beer. That that was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So we went back the next time, and then, you know, within a couple months, Justin moved back and started the first MC, and we
0: were a part of that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you, you've been around Sacred City for a long time. You've worn several hats. You've been an, a missional community leader for a long time and that, I don't know, probably what. I, I don't know. I
1: wouldn't even Well, no, I probably in the early days, and maybe it's still this way as you get thrust into MC leadership a little before you're ready yep, in your mind, or maybe even the other leaders mind, but you just push. Um, so we were pushed into leadership pretty early cause we were part of that first core group. So mm-hmm. within the first year and a half, I think we were co-leading an MC. Yeah.
0: And yeah. you guys were at one point you guys were
1: hosting missional community in your house. Yeah, co hosted it for many years at our house. once, once, well it was before Sacred City Moline, but I think we had two Moline MCs at the time. Yep, I think you're right. And then um off of that, the Moline Church itself was planted.
0: Yeah. So, so let's th- let me ask you this. Uh you've worn hats. It seems like through the years there's just been an increase of responsibility. Um, as far as your in- involvement with the church, the responsibility that you take on, your family's growing, your business is growing. Mm-hmm. Um what uh what made you want to pursue eldership? We're told that it's a noble it's yeah. a noble pursuit, but what what about it had the draw for you?
1: I was kind of thinking about this on the drive over here. Um, and I think really I've just done it out of obedience. For the, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons that go into it, of course, but if I was to boil it down, which is kind of what I like to do, um it started out just as obedience but every every weight that i've put on myself or christ has put on me has pushed me closer to him a deeper love for him zeal for him knowledge mm. um and wisdom like i've just grown every responsibility that i take on helps me be closer to jesus oh, um cool. so i just haven't stopped taking on more. I'm sure there's a place and time to stop, but it's worked for me so far. Yeah. You know, no, I'm, I'm that's my favorite part of, uh, of all of this is just, you have, I've had to grow closer to Jesus.
0: Otherwise I will drown. And yeah, you know, yeah, that's a keen observation there. What, um, what, what, what would you say that, uh, as far as, like, the elder team goes, um, we all have unique giftings. Um, what, I guess, what would be one of the contributions that you bring to the whole elder team in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I tend to think, I, I not that I have you guys on a pedestal, but I think your gifts are more... In line with what a typical elder or church would would need, um, but people tell me that I bring the uh, no bull crap flair to things, and just okay to stand. You know, I stand up to yeah. people and things like that, and that's it's really easy to not do or not have. So I think that's probably valuable and. I have kind of a different, different types of people are drawn to me than, than, and I've always liked that, um, more creative type people flock mm-hmm. to me for some reason. And, um, yeah, not to say more interesting, but just, uh, <laughs> 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 you know, it's, I've always made friends with, with All types of different people. I never had a specific friend group. Mm -hmm. I was a floater, right? So I like hanging out with all sorts of different types of people and hearing about them and and learning how to relate to to them. So,
0: yeah, maybe that's a thing. Yeah, that is for sure. Yeah, what um our our elder process is a lot more than just saying, "Hey, I want to be an elder. Sign me up." Yeah, Um, it' pretty it's a long process. There's, there's actually not a real time frame on it. It's just like, yeah, we're going to set out, we're going to read some books together. We're going to grow together. We're going to read and pray and, and try to lead together and all this stuff. And, and eventually you come to the end where it's like, it's time to go, mm-hmm. It's time to make this official. Um, or it's, it's time to find a different way to serve the church. One of the two, um, talk to me a little bit about the elder development process. What was that like for you? Um, what what were maybe some of the high points? What were some of the harder points of of going through that? Um, and, may, and maybe even in your story of of moving towards eldership, maybe a couple of things that really you felt like God brought this to you so that you would be ready to step into this leadership capacity.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, in, interrupt as I go
0: okay. because there was a lot of was questions. There's there like nine questions packaged <laughs> into one. <laughs> Yeah, what was the first one? Uh, just your experience with the, Yeah, just my experience with the, the development process.
1: I think it took me about two years total from the time... I texted Sam in the middle of COVID from sitting in my garage one time. Like, I'm sick of this. I'm I'm in, you know? Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, it took about two years to, to the final assessment in the installment uh-huh. or so. Something yeah. like that. And... Like everyone else, I think I was intimidated by the amount of reading. There is quite a bit of reading. I've never been a reader, right? I've made myself sure. over the years and developed that muscle. And has, still am, and I'm thankful that I am, actually. But that was the daunting mountain in front of me. But I just plugged away, plugged away at it, knowing that it was... Forming me mentally and spiritually And the more I did it The more I loved it Yeah. Um, Honestly I think everyone should do it Whether or not Read those books whether or not you want want to be an elder Or not Mm -hmm. Pursue eldership anyway Um, I'm glad I did Even if I would have been not approved
0: I would have been glad I did Yeah Yeah uh, it's it's good to hear that. There there certainly are a lot of books to read through that. And if you're interested, we do have a a packet somewhere, uh, probably buried on our website, about the elder development process, what it entails, what books, uh, the different phases of it, and so there. There is a, a great deal of, of self. The beginning phases of it is a lot of just yeah. your, your self-managing to read and to get through some material and start forming some theological opinions and having discussions about those. Where do we stand as a church? Mm-hmm. Personally wrestling through some hard things a lot of the times, Yeah, um, big concepts. And then and then and uh, then we invite you into more of a cohort scenario where we're talking about pastoral matters and how do we tackle this and how do we think pastorally. Thinking about leadership moves, thinking about the direction of the church, and planning and praying and things of that nature, and then eventually you move into the assessment phase mm-hmm. where there's a written exam um, and there's a uh, an oral exam that happens, and you sit down with the, the already appointed elders and and so that's just a little bit of a, a you know overview of what that process looks like, but there is a great deal of of reading, um, but the spiritual form.
1: I mean, the reading. So you don't go to Boot camp and then leave boot camp and stop training. Yeah. Right. So I think it developed a habit of reading and a desire to read. And it's a, it's not a desire to read. I still don't like reading. Yeah. But I have a desire to learn. Sure. And knowledge um, and the spiritual formation that just um, comes out of that. Yeah. You know, that's what I have a desire for.
0: Yeah, that's great. What um what excites you the most about being a pastor? There's a lot of hard stuff, but there's a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. about being a pastor. What what excites you about stepping into the office of elder at Sacred City Moline? Um
1: I get excited when people that we are called to lead start leading themselves. Yeah. Themselves and the people around them and their families. I think that's the most exciting thing for me so far right now. Um, other than what's like going in, on in my heart, but like the, the seeing some fruit of, of the labors, exciting. For sure. And I've all, I've had to like, I used to lead MC with Trent and uh, we would be walking out and how, how do you think tonight went? And I'd always say, oh, this and this and oh. I, I, and he's like, you always want more. You always want more, man. And so it's the, the, the long game mentality. Yeah. The, I always like, I would go to, in high school, I would go to Best Buy on a Tuesday when my favorite band was putting out a CD and I'd buy it and rip it open and drive around and listen to it the whole time. So I want that gratification right now. Uh-huh. My work is that way too. I take pictures edit them, get them out the door as quick as I can, and move on to the next one, you know, but uh, discipleship is not like that. Sure. So I've had to learn that. And so I think uh, the Lord has worked frustration out of me, Yeah. frustration with people, which it, which is actually it was part of my assessment. And they said, you have to be careful because Jesus is patient with you. Mm. You have to be patient with others. For so, sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that is certainly a challenge of pastoral ministry is change happens on God's timeline, not our own. Yeah. You know, and, and learning that does take time.
1: Yeah, but what excites me the most is seeing people follow Jesus better. Yes. Closer. Yeah, amen to that. And with more zeal. I keep thinking of that word, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's real good. Um, you may have to go to the, your, your memory bank here, but... okay. Thinking back through the years, decade plus of your time at Sacred City, and without divulging too many sensitive mm-hmm. details, but may, maybe recount a couple of of st- like powerful stories of that where where God is doing a good work in somebody's life or some some pretty spectacular happens. Whether whether spectacular in like an an extreme miraculous sense or spectacular in like man, we were praying for this for a long time, and and God answered this prayer in this way. Do you have any examples that pop to your mind?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, that popped up there's a lot. Um I mean, we've seen people come to Christ sitting in the room with us. We've we've prayed for people to find someone to marry. I've seen that happen many times. Yep. Um we've seen that that was That's what like kept me coming back to Sacred City in the beginning is you, you see repentance and faith for real, not just like talking about it. You know, you see people in the middle of a room crying out to God and all of us putting their hands on them and praying. And then those people walk differently afterwards. Yeah. Um,
0: that'll keep you coming back for sure. Yeah, it's, it's there's something really powerful about seeing the desperation of some someone, you know, the soul longing. You know, it's yeah.
1: Like our and why are, is it that I've never seen that in a church before?
0: Huh. Yeah.
1: That kind of makes me mad, you know? <laughs> I was ripped off this whole time sure. until then.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, thankfully God has exposed a lot. My experience is very similar to that, that too. It's like to step into a place like this where there is a, a laser focus on, Man, what, what is this gospel stuff all about? Like, what, what how does this affect the day-to-day life? And then actually exploring the implications of that.
1: Yeah, I think people feel ill-equipped to fight their sin. And that's just a lie. That's yeah. a lie. I mean, that's what the community is for. Um, I didn't know how to fight my sin before. I prayed for it to go away. Mm-hmm. But that's about as far as it went, you know? So the value of community was all, was all new to me and it's, it's still exciting. It's like, um, it's putting flesh on what the Bible says to do Mm -hmm. and to live like now, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. No, that's good, man. That's good. Um, I got to, Maybe like one or two more serious questions, and then maybe some lighthearted ones that ended if that's cool with you yeah
1: um
0: w- what's something or, or whether it be what's something that's helping you learn right now, whether it's a book or a podcast or um or this theme that keeps god keeps pop- popping up with you what, like what's something that you're learning, and what's the the method of learning oh hmm, putting you on the spot, yeah. Well, I've,
1: during the eldership process, there was a lot of relational things that happened to me that were really hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning a lot that way. Just more life experiences, hard things. Um, but again, back to reading books. This is, I never thought this kind of talk would come out of my mouth, but like, if you're not doing it, you're really missing out on yeah. the, the amount of Wisdom that is in the pages of old dead guys and old living guys is—it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always—I probably retain everyone. You know, I probably retain five percent of what <laughs> they say ten percent. So I knocked it down. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but and I've really ever since I've started doing the liturgy on Sundays. And I think I'm getting better at it, but I've had liturgy shape. I've dove into the idea and of liturgy. I listen to a daily liturgy every morning. I start my day that way. And liturgy, the liturgy, it's just informed my day and all of our day. The whole day is a, we have a liturgy, you know, and like having that fall in line with the liturgy of Christ, like listening to a daily liturgy of of scripture reading, you know, proclaiming your faith, repentance, you know, going through that daily is yeah has been... I've been pushing it on my MC like crazy. That's good. If you're not listening, you got to listen
0: to always posting. Today's liturgy was fire. You yeah. better start listening. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, okay, what what's one thing that you that you are just praying for, for our church, that you just keep going back and you're pestering God and saying, God, give us this, give us this, give us this. What's that,
1: mm-hmm. what's
0: that one thing that you keep going back and asking God for?
1: Oh, I have two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been praying for the people of Sacred City Moline to dive deeper into rich theological understanding of all of life and why we do things the way we do things so they can be equipped for my second thing is more people to come through the doors. Mm. Um, That's my biggest prayer right now. Yeah. Is the people we have to go deeper and more people to walk in.
0: Yeah, and one thing that you've been saying that I think even goes down a layer further is that our
1: people would be filled with the joy of the Lord. Uh, yeah, man. The, the joy of the Lord is what's going to do all of that. Um, that's been my, yeah, you're right. That has been yeah. the biggest key to this puzzle uh, right now is uh, the, the spirit moving in our hearts like, like we've never experienced before. Yeah,
0: to count it all joy. Yeah. Count it all joy. No, that's good. Okay, let's wrap it up with some fun stuff here and, and close her down. Uh, if you have a free afternoon, Saturday afternoon, it's nice outside. What are people going to find you doing?
1: Uh, it's probably just playing with my kids outside or smoking a cigar.
0: Okay, a little or c- both. Cigar, yes, yeah, so or both. Uh, so you're a, you're a cigar enthusiast. If people, yeah, people don't know you're.
1: I smoked one before I came over here.
0: Nice. I was wondering if maybe I'd crack one out for this, but my throat keeps drying out. So, yeah. I, so, s- I smoke through those little little pains. <laughs> committed to the cause. Okay. Um, what uh, – pick out a TV show. You're going to sit down and watch a TV show for 45 minutes. What show are you choosing?
1: Right now –
0: <clears throat> I don't care. Top top one or right now?
1: No, right now I've been working through uh, the Loki series. They're putting out a new Loki episode okay. once a week or something like that. Marvel. So Wars. our old friend Ash Simpson during COVID. i never. I had never seen any superhero movies. They're. For, I always thought they're stupid. They're for kids. <laughs> whatever. I have a lot of stupid really harsh opinions about stuff that's <laughs> unnecessary. But so he convinced me to start watching Marvel movies. So I watched all of them over, you know, oh, okay. four years or whatever. Jamal in one no, no, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a, f- I mean, they're gods. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to, it brings th- stupid shows to life if you look at it through, like a biblical worldview. Yeah. What 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 are they playing off of here? Uh-huh. You know. But I'm, I'm a, I like I love the Office. Yeah, baby. I've seen every episode of the Office probably
0: ten times. Yes. Before we I read books, we <laughs> should start a podcast about the Office. I think yeah. we could do it well. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about um, hobbies, interests? Like, so, ha, what about this sport? You get. What sport? Yeah. What's your favorite sport? What I grew up playing watch?
1: basketball. I was on the high school basketball team and stuff like that. Oh, we didn't cover. Where did you go to school? I went to school, Rockridge, Rockridge High School. I grew up in Andalusia, so Rockridge High School is a conglomerate of all the little towns around okay. Edgington, Illinois. Um, there's about 112 people in my graduating class. Nice. Normal country town. Not not too different from Alito. Okay. So I can I click with some Alito folks because... I know their style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I I played basketball. I was the sixth man. So that's like the first guy off the bench. So I wasn't an all-star by any means. But I couldn't dribble very good. I'm slow and I was short, but I could make three-pointers. So they'd put me in to let the good people rest and hopefully I'd drain Drain a couple threes. (laughs) And then I'd be, then they'd pull me out and be like, all right, I'll be down at the end of the bench hanging (laughs) out with my buddies. (laughs) But I don't watch basketball anymore. I became too woke. The NBA frustrates me. Uh Um, I will watch highlights. But in the last couple of years, my buddy Tim got me into Formula One. So I watch race cars now all of a sudden, which is
0: really weird because I'd never been a car guy. Well, and as a product of your enthusiasm for that, now I'm also into Formula One racing. But we have different teams. Who's your team?
1: I like Ferrari because I, I they they to me they seem like the Chicago Bulls. I grew up a Bulls guy. Like Bulls are the best ever. You, everyone knows this, and uh-huh. if you disagree, you're wrong. And Ferrari is kind of the legacy, like gold standard team, even though they've sucked for the last fifteen years. Kind of like the Bulls, I guess. Kind of <laughs> like the Bulls, there yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: all right. Uh, let me think. Anything else? Anything else that people should know about you? Yeah, hey, you like
1: uh, text me. And come hang out with me. I always has extend an open invitation because I, I, I'm I kind of an introvert. I like being around people too. Uh-huh. But left to my own devices, I'm going to sit in my garage and read or watch TV and smoke a cigar at night alone. But I, w- I would love to have some company. There you go. But I'm not going to be the one and be like, huh, let me text this person to come yeah. over. So text me. Come hang out. I'm calling them garage conversations. It's more of a winter thing because my garage is heated, so okay. you can smoke cigars in there. And the summer, text me and come use my pool. That, that's our, our thing. We want people to come to our house Look and, this. and use what God has given us. Pastor
0: you know? AJ making a church-wide invitation to come swim and smoke cigars. Yeah. What a nice guy. Well, I hope, uh, I hope this has at least began to help you uh, get to know Pastor AJ a little bit, wh- where his heart's at for the church, a little bit about his family uh, and what the Lord has done to bring him to this place and how, how he's got a long history here at Sacred City. So uh, I am certainly grateful to have him on our elder team and, and the things that he contributes. Um, and man, let's let's continue to, to take the hill together. Grateful for you, brother, and uh, mm-hmm. ask that the Lord would bless our work here.
1: Yeah.
0: Amen to that. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoy this episode. Tune in for the next one as we sit down with Pastor Jesse.